Hey, you beautiful light worker. Thanks so much for listening to the Golden Order Divinations podcast, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. I'm your host, Autumn Seibel, and today on episode 304, I have Lisa Erickson sharing what every woman and those working with women need to know about the feminine energy body and how the energy bodies of women, men, and non-binary individuals function differently. After listening, you can find more information by heading to the show notes, where you'll find links to our website, Instagram, and YouTube channel. From there, you can access any new or full moon rituals we discussed and get more information on how to join the Lunar Manifestations co-creation tribe. Come visit us anytime at goldenotter.us. That's golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal.us. Looking forward to seeing you on the next live members only call at the next new or full moon and meeting you during the private one-to-one new moon intention planting ceremony that's included in your annual membership. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Each review allows us to reach even more lightworkers like you, spreading light and love while raising our collective vibration. Okay, enjoy the episode. And if you have any questions about mediumship, manifestations, moons, or all things metaphysical, feel free to drop me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Enjoy. Hi everyone, I'm Autumn and you're listening to Golden Otter Divination. Thanks for joining us today as we explore where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. Join us each week as we share new informative and engaging interviews with medical experts, practicing mediums, intuitives, healers, and many more to help uplift, educate, and empower listeners like you to find physical and spiritual healing. So today I have Lisa Erickson, who's an energy worker specializing in women's energetics and sexual trauma healing and author of Chakra Empowerment for Women from Llewellyn Publishing. She helps women maximize and balance their energy during key life transits, such as pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, and menopause, including balancing mother-child energy lines. She also works with women to heal from sexual abuse and assault. She's certified in mindful meditation, trauma sensitivity, and a variety of healing modalities. She's a practitioner with the Breath Network, a nonprofit dedicated to supporting holistic healing for sexual trauma survivors. And Lisa is passionate about helping women connect with their energy bodies. So before we go any further, and I welcome Lisa to the show, I want you all to know that this is a safe, sacred space, and we may be discussing um, sensitive content. We are discussing sensitive content today that could trigger and bring up some things that may be residing in your emotional space, your mental space, and your spiritual space. If you need to take a minute and pause before listening to this episode and find some additional resources that are located in our show notes, I highly advise you to do that. Lisa's book is a great place to start as you explore this journey of healing. And until then, this episode will be waiting for you. Okay, so without further ado, uh, welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Autumn. I'm so happy to be here. And I absolutely loved everything you just said. Uh, that is trauma sensitive, <laughs> trauma sensitive healing. That's what it's all about, creating a sense of safety and options. And so thank you for that. Yeah, we, we were talking right before we started recording and I you know, usually come into these episodes like, hello world, let's go, zing, zing, zing. And then today, this week, I mentioned I had like a, an encounter and um, we're going to talk about that later in the show. But this is a conversation that really needs to be had, especially like the energy that is uh, happening in the world. And so before we dig into it, I always like to start the show and get our vibration really high. So I like to ask guests if they've had any golden moments lately. So a time that you were just totally in the flow an interaction you knew was like sent by spirit or maybe otherworldly or something that made you smile or made your heart sing. Had any golden moments lately? Uh, I do actually. It's actually, I have a little hummingbird thing going on right now. So it's bringing me golden moments every day because literally right outside my meditation spot, the window right next to my meditation spot, a hummingbird mother has built a nest and she's current, she's been there for a few weeks. She's been building it for weeks. I've been watching her and now she's sitting on it, waiting for the eggs to heal. She's literally five feet away from me through this window. And it's such an unlikely place hanging from this tree. So I'm holding vigil for her. The winds got a little big this morning when I was meditating. And, but you know, hummingbirds are such a great omen of joyfulness and play. So she's a reminder in a time that's actually very heavy right now, especially here in the United States, she's a reminder of that aspect of life and to keep that in my heart. So I really appreciated that. I love that. I love that. Okay. So anybody who's down with spirit cards or spirit animals, go check out the meaning of the hummingbird. I love it when uh, folks mention the animals because it's that they are omens. They are omens. Yeah. So thank you so much for your golden moment answer. 
So I want to start the show off talking about the difference between women, men's, and non-binary individuals' energies. Because your book is probably, I mean, it's going to become my chakra Bible. Like, that's just what's uh -oh. happening. We, we, <laughs> we were talking about earlier, um, like, I'm going to have to get a hard copy because you recommend with the book that, you know, as we'll talk about, there's 12 kind of energy systems that you'll move through and to take about 12 weeks to kind of move through it. And I've been moving through the book for about two weeks, the first and second chakras, which we're going to be talking about today. But I'm going to be returning to this book over and over and over. And I'm going to talk about in a little bit how this book has, like, it literally served me this week. And it's just one of those, it's one of those, you know, there are no coincidences, only divine timing, I believe. And I had something happen, uh, like a trauma, and I thought, what do I have right now that can support me and ground me so that I can continue showing up and being of service in the world and you know, being a light in the world? And I was like, Lisa's book. <laughs> we went right to the chapter. Because years ago, I'd read a book by uh, Dr. Christian Northrup, who is an OBGYN. Yeah. It's called yes. Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. And that was the first time I'd heard a medical doctor talk about the chakras. And she talks a lot about like the Western medical model, how we can actually induce trauma into women's energy systems. I mean, all of our energy systems, but specifically women during birth and postpartum period. And it was the first time I was kind of like, wait a second. So you mean there's doctors out there who say that I can work with my chakras that I don't have to like not talk about it? So yeah, so let's start there. How are women, men's, and um, non-binary individuals' bodies, energy bodies different? Oh, well, first of all, I'm glad you mentioned Dr. Kristen Northup because I love her work and she's also written a lot about kind of the energetics of menopause, which is another big <laughs> piece for me. So both pregnancy and menopause. But yeah, I mean, we all have an energy body. We all have chakras. Your, your audience is familiar with that, it sounds like. And I like to work with it in terms of a spectrum. We have kind of a masculine energy body and a feminine energy body. And we place ourselves on that spectrum based on your experience. So the masculine energy body tends to be anchored in the first or root chakra, which is linked to the earth element. And as you would expect, it's really in its best expression about stability, grounding, connection to tribe, belonging, all of that. But in an obstructive form, then it becomes overly rigid, overly identified with just one group of people, my people, right? And emotionally shut down, right? So that's kind of the clear expression and the obstructed expression of it. So men tend to need to focus on fluidity and on opening up and bringing the energy up. And that's the traditional Kundalini teachings is how do you bring the energy up, right? Well, women are anchored in the second chakra in the womb area or tend to be. Again, there's a spectrum. And this is, you know, taught in many traditions around the world, if you go back to old texts, ancient texts, but somehow it like didn't make it into the original teachings in the West regarding the chakras. And it's kind of taught, oh, everyone's anchored in the root, right? So, mm -hmm. um, wait, shocking. Women, women were left out of a sacred text. Hold exactly. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> like, uh, okay. So yeah, so we're, we're, we're anchored in this, the center of yin energy, right? This is the anchor of yin energy for everyone, both men and women. And that's where women are anchored. And no surprise, it's linked to the moon. It's linked to water. It's linked to tides, right? It's, it's a fluid chakra. It shifts with our menstrual cycle each month. It waxes and wanes. It's like a flower opening and closing. It kind of goes into full blossoming in pregnancy. In menopause, it goes through a big shift. So that's really the main difference, that we're anchored in that second chakra. That means we're very empathic, and so we often need to focus more on boundaries. And it also means that we're more connected to cycles, and we often need to focus on how to utilize those. So, you know, that, that's really the basics. The energetics mirror a lot of the work you are already doing, and, you know, many people are doing in other areas. Amazing. So, so for anybody who's tuning in and maybe isn't super familiar with chakras, um, so the word chakra is a Sanskrit word, which usually is translated a wheel or sometimes a wheel of light. And for anybody who's not, like I said, familiar with working with their chakras, I want to read a little brief segment um, snippet from Lisa's book, Women Empowerment, Chakra Empowerment for Women. So it says, if there's one thing that becomes very clear as you work with the chakras, it's that on the energetic level, we are all connected. When one of us engages in this work, it truly benefits us all. It creates a reverberation through the web of energy, which we are all a part of. Women's empowerment can be men's liberation from the cultural and historic restrictions placed on their own psyches and experiences. So Lisa's offering of these empowerments 
empowerment is for our brothers, fathers, sons, as much as it is for our sisters, mothers, and daughters. And I really love this. When I read that, I was like, I'm grabbing that, you know, from your book, because sometimes work can become exclusionary yeah. in a, in an effort to, in an, in an effort to liberate one section or segment or one group of identifying individuals, it can become isolating for another. And I always believe that it's this yin and yang and we can't, um, you know, we can't reach this higher vibration if we're not working in partnership. And so I really love that this call for women's, you know, empowerment works in tandem with men's liberation. And a lot of my work is centering, so I have a, I have a tribe, a lunar manifestations group where we uh, manifest at the new and the full moon. And I, I created that space for men, well, women and men and gender non-conforming individuals, because I feel like the more we can work in concert at a soul level, the more that will trickle out. And when you said, you know, it's like when one person does the work, it trickles out into this web. And I found that really, really powerful. Back to the w women, <laughs> even though I wanted this to be an invitation for everyone. Um, today we're talking about women. How can women most benefit from working in with their chakras? And then after that, I kind of would like to talk about how chakras may be impacted by sexual trauma or and how like our working with our chakras can help heal this. Yeah. Well, so, and I love that you talked about cis or pan-gendered, pan-gendered individuals, transgender, et cetera. I've worked with a lot of individuals across the spectrum. And that's what's so important is that sometimes thinking energetically actually becomes like this aha moment, like, oh, wow, I actually have a feminine energy body, although I'm um, masculine biologically or whatever. And so this can be a real way of opening up that space and conversation. Yeah, so women, because we're centered in the second chakra, we have a lot of fluidity and we have a lot of openness energetically. And often throughout history, we have been, that's been denigrated in a way, right? Mm -hmm. The second chakra is also linked to sexuality and sensuality. And those energies have been denigrated as evil or desire is a problem in a lot of spiritual traditions. So they've been kind of clamped down. So that gets reflected in all of us. And the work that we are all doing is how to bring that forth and reframe it. For women, that means on the one hand, really connecting to their second chakra in their womb space through chakra work, visualizations, breath work, affirmations, activities that bring forth that energy and shifting their internal psychological relationship or conditioned mind in relationship to their own body in particular, their sexuality, mm -hmm. their sensuality, Often there's patterns of shame that working with your sacral chakra will help you to release. And then the flip side of it is learning how to boundary. And that's often focused on those chakras on either side of the sacral chakra or the womb chakra, the navel and the root, and developing this strong sense of, okay, I'm fluid, I'm open, but I have the ability to filter out the emotions of other people. I can sense the emotions of other people without taking them into my body as my own emotions or energies, which is very common for many women. In the book, you talk about moving through the, the, the 12 chakra empowerments and kind of spending a week with each or more, I think you said up to 30 days, but essentially what it is is like you're, you're becoming intimately familiar with your, own, with your own chakra system, your own energy body system, and then any, um, you say like, where have I felt this before? So like anytime you've felt something in that chakra, like identifying that memory by, so the more that you work with it and you happen to feel that feeling again, you can quickly identify like, oh, this is a root chakra thing. And I felt this in this place before. And this is my anchoring thought, behavior, or mantra that I can do to empower it. And I've never, I've never approached my chakras like that. I've always just been very linear and, you know, like up and down, up and down, get them clean, get them going, get them yeah. moving. And moving through your book, I realized that there were a lot of places in my own energy that I'm like, wow, like I just was so eager to, I just wanted to jump up to my heart. I wanted to jump up to my throat. I wanted to get up, you know, up to the crown. And I wasn't addressing these like root and sacral issues that I really thought I had done the work on. Yeah. And so you have, so the chakra empowerments are the root bowl. So these, this is the language that you describe. And I also really love that it has a, I don't know, it's like very invitational language. So you have the root bowl, which is the root chakra, the sacral lotus, uh, second chakra, the navel fire, the third chakra, the heart star, fourth chakra, throat matrix, chakra, <laughs> third eye, sixth uh, chakra, and then the crown connection. 
And then you go into uh, the second skin, the web of light, the feminine pathway, healing rays, and rainbow abundance. If you're looking, if you're reading uh, Lisa's book, you can go in and find like which each chakra is connected to. So like the root bowl is connected to quelling anxiety, developing stability and increasing vitality. The sacral lotus is to spur creativity, problem solving and heal the feminine, which is what we're talking about today. And then as you move like up through those, you can go into her book and find the rest. But for a second, can we talk about the crown connection? I'm sorry, the second skin through rainbow abundance, because those were new terms to me that I was really, that I'm like eager to get to. I'm excited to do the work to get there. Yeah. Well, and first, you know, I'm glad that you said that, that you found it accessible because that's what I was trying to do in this book. There's a lot of chakra meditation books that will walk you through techniques where you really sit down in formal meditation and you can mm -hmm. certainly use these techniques that way. But I was trying to really open it up. But look, we're functioning energetically every moment of our lives. Sometimes you're going into an interview or something and you're feeling anxious and you need right in that moment, you're like, I got to bring my navel chakra energy up or my throat chakra energy up. So this is giving you a reference point for how do you take control of your energy just in daily life? You know, it's a tool for that as, as well as long term growth. Um, so those, those five tools in the second half of the book, the ones that you mentioned, are multi-chakra tools. So for example, so those are ones that I developed, so they're not you know, terms you'd find anywhere else. But for example, second skin combines the navel and the root to help you affirm the sense of an energetic second skin on top of your physical skin mm -hmm. that creates a boundary. And this one, I will tell you, this is the one perhaps, that and the sacral lotus, the second chakra one, maybe the two, two that I work with the clients the most, right? Because mm -hmm. if someone uses second skin every morning for just a couple of minutes, for a few weeks, their whole default way of being in the world shifts, right? For an individual who's just been walking around, taking on the energies of others all the time and never realizing it, they may have been manifesting as headaches, stomach aches, or they may have just thought they were, they may come to me and say, oh, I'm just moody. My emotions are all over the place all the time, right? And I'll be like, I don't think that's what it is. That's what women have been told for centuries, right? Too emotional, too moody, right? I think you're actually very empathic and you just haven't learned how to boundary yourself and filter out. So that's second skin. And then each of the others have to do with things along those lines. Web of light is energy lines with others and how we manage energy lines with, mm. in relationships, right? A healing rays is just a very simple heart and sacral tool for bringing healing energy directly to our own body through our own palm chakras that channeling um, heart and uh, sacral energies. And rainbow abundance is for manifestation manifestation of goals through the chakras and feminine pathway is kind of the big feminine energy one it combines all the feminine chakras it's really about coming into feminine power it's something you can use during menopause postpartum mm -hmm. top of your cycle in menstruation to really bring forth your full yin chakra energy so that's all of those multi chakra tools that they're fun right. i love them <laughs> And like, like we were saying, your book is very invitational in the sense that you'll give um, an explanation of the chakra, you'll give a visualization. So like you actually have these really great graphics in there where you can visualize on a color and then an image of like what a root bowl, uh, what a root bowl would actually look like and then how to bring that, you know, red light up into your energy system. And you have um, guided meditations that once you have the book, there's a website you can go to and listen to those. I've been listening to those. Oh, good. Um, uh, yeah, and then there's also case studies, which I remember one that I was listening to about this, or I was reading about a woman who was stuck in her career and would only ever get so far and then would like have a meltdown at work or like would somehow self-sabotage essentially. Mm -hmm. And she had to work through it and realizing that it was like a safety and security root bowl issue. And after kind of processing it, she was able to, you know, go to the next level in her career or manifest what it was she was looking for. But like, I loved it. You're like, if you can't sit, you know, and do this for the time that we've allotted, go sit in a bathroom stall, go sit, you know, in, in your car, in the parking lot, like just go find five minutes. And I've been in that position. Like when I was in corporate America or when I was teaching, I was like, I just need five minutes. And like 
a woman's restroom is a sacred space in and of itself because like you could go and you can sit and I always wonder I'm like it maybe that's what you know like this having this space that you can just be uninterrupted and it's kind of sacred it's like that's what we're all seeking yeah and yeah so um and then okay so I do want to start like getting into the conversation about how women can use like the root and the sacral sacral chakra to heal sexual trauma yeah. I've talked a lot on this show about, um, so my mother's an internist and I've seen in her practice of thousands of patients in the last 30 plus years that there tends to actually be a really strong correlation with women with um, like pelvic disorders, um, okay. cervical cancer, things that you would probably biologically and um, medically be exposed to due to a sexual trauma, but also even if after that trauma and you've been medically examined, medically cleared, medically healed, there's a, there is something that lingers and it is usually so insidious that it will be 10, 20, 30 years before it manifests as the dis-ease in our body manifests as disease. And I've seen it in my own practice where if that's something that somebody is physically going through, there is typically a, um, a trauma involved. Could yeah. you speak to that for a moment? Well, mind and body and spirit are not separate, right? And our body takes in what we experience and especially traumatic experiences. They get stored in the body and the energy body and they're really, that's the, that's the same, right? And you can get to them through the energy body. So especially with sexual trauma, it tends to be stored in the root and sacral chakra. Those are linked to the body parts that are impacted by trauma often, but they're also linked to the psychological states impacted by trauma. In terms of our root chakra, our sense of safety in our body, right? Which with sexual trauma is really, you know, completely disempowered, right? Um, our sense of boundary. And then with the sacral chakra, our sense of our feminine sexuality as a positive force, that's what gets mm -hmm. damaged. And then because that, that sacral chakra is the anchor for our feminine power, that kind of reverberates through our whole chakra system because that anchor, that foundation of the house is weakened by this experience if we've taken it on as our fault, if we've taken it on as a sign that our own sexuality is a bad thing, all these kinds of things, that our body is a bad thing, it's a, it's a cause of problems. So there's so much healing to be done in this lower chakras to open up our whole sense of power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've also seen, you know, I work with a lot of people with medical issues, a lot of women going through, well, it can be ovarian cysts, uterine fibroids, mm -hmm. Or, you know, later on in life, um, reproductive cancers. And of course, I do, I do believe in, in conventional medical treatment in combination with other holistic healing methods. And the energy work, all of a sudden, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I never faced this childhood abuse. It's been 30 years, right? And I feel yeah. like this is a manifestation of that. Absolutely. Yeah, always um, seek the counsel of a licensed medical professional. If you're listening to this, I hope that this uh, interview can be a an empowering um, first step for you to seeking out a medical professional who can help you address, you know, like if that needs to be a, a physician, like an um, internist or OBGYN, or if that is a licensed counselor or therapist in conjunction with working with energy workers, because sometimes it, energy work can be the last step or it can be the first step on your healing journey. And so becoming empowered to know that you can move through this and you can move past this by going into your own sacred knowing and healing those inner wounds, there is a road ahead. And it's, it's all about inviting in um, partners. We happen to be recording this during a Sagittarius full moon, which is all about like revolutions and, and circling up and like drawing in easily and quickly the individuals that will help us on our journeys, whatever those may be. So whoever's listening to this, I hope right now, um, if you'd like some additional resources, you can go listen to the Sagittarius full moon ritual, which is part of season two of our podcast to kind of like work through a, a ritual for it, but then open yourself up to receiving the assistance, you know, that the universe wants to give you and that you deserve. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about about this, so for anyone who maybe hasn't experienced trauma themselves, sexual trauma themselves, I do feel like there is probably something that gets stuck in all of our energy systems when you hear about somebody. I personally have never been a, a victim or a survivor of sexual trauma, but I know many people who have. And unfortunately, where I grew up, there was a lot of it, more than you could possibly know. And I knew as a child that a lot of this was happening. But obviously, when you're a child, you may know what's happening, but you're 
your, your brain isn't developed enough to actually understand it. You just know this person's not safe. I don't feel safe with them. This person doesn't feel safe with this person. And you kind of are making all these energetic assessments without knowing what exactly is going on. And like I said earlier in the uh, conversation, we had an experience this week where we thought we were going to be interrupting a trot, like a, a rape in progress. Thankfully, it ended up being a dog that was abandoned um, and needed freed from change, which is like, what kind of world are we living in? But I was so thankful I didn't. Yeah, yeah also very traumatic. And it, but it started, and I immediately felt it in my root chakra. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to get stuck. And then it brought me back to this, oh my gosh, it is stuck. This isn't just the first thing that is going to get stuck. I have a lot of emotions and energy stored in my root bowl that I didn't even realize were there because I had taken them on from others. And I think that probably with your second skin that you're talking about is a way to kind of going forward, buffer that out. I don't know. Is there anything you could, you could speak to for that? I just thought that that was yeah. something that, oh, I'm sorry. Cause you, you do say in your book, um, even if you haven't been the survivor, even if you aren't the survivor of this, go read it and and see what resonates because then you can be an ally. Then you can be a, a supporter. It could be, you know, a soft spot, I think, for somebody who may be going through that. Well, and in fact, the psychological community has come to recognize secondary trauma, that we can be traumatized by events that we witness, right? And then mm -hmm. within energy healing fields, there's the idea of ancestral trauma, past life trauma. Mm -hmm. So you can be mm -hmm. carrying trauma from your mother, your grandmother, without knowing it. You can be carrying trauma from past lives. So there's a lot of different, you can be, and so the bottom line is any woman is probably mm -hmm. carrying to some extent. And then there's the cultural conditioning factor, right? To some extent is carrying some uh, imprint of sexual trauma or the denigration of her own sexual energy. And so this work is beneficial to everyone, right? And then as someone who works with individuals, then there's a whole nother layer. There's the whole idea of caretaker, right? If you're a caretaker, a healer, an empath, uh, the ways that I, that impacts you and the kind of self-care that you need to do so that you are able to hold the container for people without taking in their traumatic experiences into your body. So that's a whole nother level to it for someone like you as well, who is at times perhaps healing, hearing the stories, right? Um, yeah. That is a kind of, that can be a kind of secondary trauma. And so you have to constantly be taking care of yourself so that that doesn't stay lodged in your body. It's just kind of the cycle of being a healer. For sure. You also, you mentioned in your book that, um, most men operate from their from their root chakra, and yeah. that's also uh, that is also a space of sexual trauma that can happen in in men and um, you know transgender individuals, you know non-binary individuals. So, like working with our second, our first and our second chakras can be an invitation for all genders, but non-binary people, individuals to to do this healing. And so, if you're listening to this and you need any additional resources, I absolutely advocate that you check out our show notes where you can re you can reach out to Lisa and uh, do some of her, she has some free meditations on her book, I'm sorry, on her website, which we're going to talk about in just one second. If you're listening to Gold Matter Divinations, stay tuned, we'll be right back. Hi, we're back on Golden Otter Divinations with me, Autumn Seibel, and my amazing guest today, Lisa Erickson, talking about her new book, Chakra Empowerment for Women. Uh, before we get started, Lisa, where can folks find you on social media and where can they get a copy of the book? Well, on Instagram and Facebook, I'm on as Chakra Empowerment, and on Twitter, I'm on as Mommy Mystic. And the book is available on Amazon, but also many other places if you're interested in buying from your local independent bookstore you can go to IndieBound.org and it will help you find the book around the world if you want to buy it from someone other than Amazon, which some people really like to do. And it, it's important to support local retailers right now. Yeah. And so that's the main places you can find me. The book website is ChakraEmpowermentForWomen.com. My client site is EnlightenedEnergetics.com. And then it, do you still see uh, private clients privately if somebody wanted to schedule with you? I do. I do mostly Zoom and phone work, and that is at enlightenedenergetics.com. Perfect. Okay, and those will be in our show notes. So um, coming back online, <laughs> I wanted to dive into how our energy systems as women change during menstruation, pregnancy, and menopause. Yeah. Let's dive in. How do they change? Yeah. <laughs> be a whole show, as you can imagine, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, they are such... I'm so honored to be a female in this lifetime and to be raising daughters, and sometimes I'll 
I'll say to my husband, you know, if any, if you ever end up with these children alone, like, you know, heaven forbid, I'm like, these are the things my daughters need to know. And then I like, will tell him stuff. He's like, what? And I'm like, how do you not know this? He's like, where would I have learned this? He's like, where would I have learned this? And I'm like, right. Okay. Good call. And in the last 12 years or 13 years, I don't know, we've been married a while now. um, We've moved through uh, like our fertility together, our, our, our child bearing together, my menstruation together. And he has become, and you know, he's like not the poster child for such a, a balanced, like feminine uh, energy balanced man. He's a, you know, active duty military guy. We talk about like cycles, basically. I'm not going to go too, too far into it, but it's just such a, it's just such a, it's just such a compliment to any relationship when you can talk in these terms of like, as a woman, I go through these changes every 30 days in my physical body, every so many years in my physical body, and my energy changes during those. And it's not just, as you were saying, like, my hormones and my this. It's like, no, there's there's something else going on. And when we get to the pregnancy conversation, I really want to talk about that because I mentioned this on a show um, in season one with an energy worker. He was a man, and he was talking about, like, enlightenment and, and like, um, an awakening moment. And he was describing, like, his in a very like one moment that happened for him. And I'm like, well, I feel like I had two of these. Like when my two daughters were born, it was like my spiritual gifts. There was no putting them away. They were just like, they're happening. It's done. Like you got to deal with this now. I was like, can I just go back to like being really pregnant and enjoying kind of my cocoon? <laughs> but Oh, how could you speak to that's great. And I'm so glad to hear you were able to experience that in pregnancy because of course the challenge of pregnancy, there are these amazing spiritual things going on for the mother. But then it's very easy to just get so distracted by, you know, just the pending baby and all of that, that it's harder yeah. to tap into what's going on, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, women right from this time, we're, you know, 13 or 14 years old. We are, we have this cycle and men do not have that. And this really rules our relationship to our body. And I think over, over on an overarching level, all of these phases that we talked about, the big work is changing women's and our cultural attitude around it because what happened as these became medicalized in the last few decades is it just became about how can you make menstruation pregnancy menopause the least inconvenient possible that has Mm -hmm. been the emphasis right and Mm -hmm. so that is not sending the message wait a minute these are transits and cycles of power that you can learn to deal with it's all about minimizing their inconvenience minimizing their impact to our career the least amount of time out for pregnancy possible, all that kind of stuff, right? So that is the bigger work is changing, relating to them as an act of power. And I'm on kind of the other end of the parenting journey. I have three teenagers, including two girls. So that's where we're in right now, probably, right? A lot of those messages you were trying to make sure your husband would bring forth. But in terms of menstruation, that sacral chakra, that sacral lotus that I like to work with, it Mm -hmm. waxes and wanes with our cycle. And at our peak of ovulation, it's emanating very brightly. That's a time when those powers of our sacral chakra, creativity, inspiration, and emotional empathy, et cetera, it's very, we're very charismatic. It's this real glow, right? That is that, and that happens hormonally too. And then in, as we move into menstruation and during it, we turn inward, our energy turns inward. It's like the flower closes up But that in and of itself is a powerful time. That's our own personal dark moon. It's when we are able to tap into our intuition, connect to the other side. It's an incredibly powerful time for bringing forth new intuitive abilities, right? And tapping Mm -hmm. into those each month. So, you know, and then, so then what happens in pregnancy is we're like moving as our cycle stops for that time, we're moving into this flowering of the sacral chakra instead of for just a few days at the peak of ovulation, it's like getting bigger and open and more and more open through the whole nine months to the point where in the last, it's the spiritual doorway in those last three months, the last trimester, literally the planes to the planes of primordial primordial creation are actually open to us because the chakra is the spiritual doorway for birth, like our bodies, the physical doorway. So we have incredible opportunity. Um, So maybe I'll stop there since you had such a profound pregnancy, it sounds like. No, I just, I mean, it's just, I, I really want to um, dive into this in the book when, when I get to that point of it, because you're explaining something that I personally experienced that I just kind of went through in a bubble. I didn't, I didn't have the language to discuss it. I didn't have the, um, I just didn't know. I was just sitting here listening to you going like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, that's what this is. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, so like, right. So during my pregnancies, it was, 
like you described, it's this blossoming and you're coming into your physical body and it's like, there's no escaping it. There's not escaping the pregnancy in the sense that like you're trying to not be pregnant, but there's no escaping the feelings that you're going to be feeling during that time because it's a very set time. Like I will be pregnant for this many months. This is when it will end. And it's more just like going on the journey. And, um, you know, like you were saying, like our menstruation cycles, we just like hurry up and get done for ovulation. Who, who even tracks when they're ovulating, unless you're actively trying to get pregnant. I do because I'm very into the moon and I, right, I right. like to just kind of, well, yeah, I like to work with that energy. And I've, I've been off birth control myself since I was 21 when I got married, because it just, I was like, why are we doing this? Plus my husband was deployed so many times. I was like, this is, why am I going to upset my cycle when you're gone and he, right. thankfully he was very supportive of that not thankfully but like you know he was supportive of that and then since then we've been able to do like natural family planning for both of our children but right now I'm in a phase where you just described this it's this how can I find the language for this I have an empty womb right now and it's not necessarily that I want more children maybe I do maybe I don't I don't know if our life will support it and sustain it right now but I feel like there's this creation that is supposed to be happening within me that when I look at pregnancy from like the medical model, like, oh, I had cankles and I had, you know, I was like 200 something pounds. If you guys think that you gained weight during pregnancy, check out uh, some of my pregnancy pics. I was like ballooned. <laughs> but like all of the medical things that like, oh, I don't want more kids because this and then this. And you think of all the logistics. But then there is an energetic aspect to being pregnant that I miss that. I miss that incubation time with myself, with my child with um with my own energy and like you described it, I really love that it's like this extended lotus blossom yeah um and you talk about in your book lotuses being the symbol for the second the sacral chakra because um they rise out of muddy waters and they kind of like rise above whatever else is going on with them and you know blossom into this beauty and I do think that that is that is how pregnancy is like no matter how it ever comes to be. I always say like babies come exactly when they're supposed to and how they're supposed to. And it's just such a sacred time. Oh, there's so much more I want to say about that, but I'll, I'll, I'll digress. But. Well, I want to mention something before we move on to postpartum is, um, you know, the Lotus, it is, it is a spiritual experience. And what's so interesting is the Lotus is a symbol of enlightenment in a lot of Eastern traditions. And it's generally associated with the crown chakra. And that's considered what, when you have a mystic experience, it's like this crown chakra. It's almost a very mental thing, right? Mm -hmm. But what you find in women's traditions is no, the second chakra is another doorway into awakening, into spiritual experience. Yeah. It's primordial creation. And that's what you really get a glimpse of during pregnancy and postpartum that's which that, that opportunity is there and that i felt the same way that you're feeling when i decided for example to write this book right so sometimes we're being called to birth something else and we all create all the time it's not just a book or a work of art it's a it's a party right or it's planning a yeah, room yeah. or it's problem solving at work you know we're creating all the time and for women this is where our power is exceptionally active so it's about bringing that birth, bringing something new into the world, right? And that can come in many forms. So you might be being called to some new project as well, right? Um, and bringing that forth. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So should I go into postpartum or menopause? I don't know yeah, how much yeah. time we have. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say about that is that for any, anyone who's ever given birth, um, there is this moment where you are the portal between life and death. And I mean, it's like literally this crowning moment. And I kind of feel like right now, like as of our recording, granted, I'm out of the country, but I can feel the energy of my home country. And I was talking to somebody and I said, we're in transition. We're in the ring of fire. And it's that moment in time when you, you have no other choice but to push through because life is literally on the line your life, the child's life, you know, all the lives that you impact and are part of. And I feel like right now we can tune into the energy of, you know, the divine feminine and this sacral energy. It's like, yeah, we're coming through. Our, <laughs> we're in transition. We're in you're transition. So funny. You are the third. Now I'm going to have to post about transition because you're the third person to talk about this phase as in relation to that. And yeah. And the thing about transition is there's no going back. Once you're in transition, no. When you're experiencing it, you may want to go back. It's too late. No. It's too late. Painkillers. <laughs> Can I get that at the C-section? No. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh my god. But at the end, there's a there's a new life in the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. 
Okay, so let's talk about um, what comes next. So postpartum and then menopause. Let's explore that. So what happens with women's energy systems during those times? Yeah. So postpartum, you know, can be tough for many women. It, it depends on their level of support. There's a lot of factors that can influence someone's uh, tendency or risk for postpartum depression or issues. And one of them is that our energy really pools down in that second chakra, just mm -hmm. like our physical body during pregnancy. If we don't have enough nutrients, um, they'll go to the baby and we'll be the one that manifests symptoms related to that nutrient deficiency, right? The baby will mm -hmm. get what it needs. It's the same energetically. Our body pools all the energy down in our womb. And so postpartum, now that the child is outside of you, really that fourth trimester, there's still an extension of you energetically. And that's a big adjustment. Mm -hmm. And for women, what I mostly I usually am working with is helping them get their energy moving again, because it stays pooled in that second chakra. It can become stagnant and there's no energy up here in the crown and that all contributes to risk for depression. So it's a lot about getting the energy moving and then the learning to manage this mother child line. You now have this energetic connection. We use this metaphor, your heart walking around outside your body, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a piece of it too. But on the energy level, we have this energy line to our children that continues throughout their life. And at different phases, it's meant to get more and more dormant, meaning they become more energetically independent of us. But at the beginning, they are very energetically entwined with us. We feel what they feel. And we have to just learn to adjust to that. And there is an adjustment yeah. phase. Learn how to pace ourselves. Learn how to close that line when we need to for self-care. Let someone else have the baby for a few hours and close that line. So it's all those lessons that a new mother has to learn from an energetic perspective. There's so much wisdom in this, in this interview, you know, that comes from your book. But as I hear you discussing, I'm like, that's what that was. With my first daughter, I didn't have any postpartum and it was like my life was right for it. My spouse deployed uh, like right, like literally days after she was born and it was planned all along. But um, I had a, my nephew became a quadriplegic. My dog died, like all of these things that could have been like triggering moments. And I was just, I just kind of moved through it because we were planning like other things in our future. We we're getting ready to move overseas. And it was like all of the things that I think could have like easily been like, oh, that caused it, that caused it. I had all these things, but I just moved through it. Again, I do think because I had had a spiritual awakening like right at that time yes. and I was ready to explore my spiritual gifts. And so I was like, my energy was moving and I was kind of going through. Yeah. yeah. And then with my second daughter, I, I did, I had really bad postpartum and we didn't even realize that I had postpartum until, until I was out of it, until she was probably closer to, to three years old and I'd gone back to work and, and then we were able to have some distance and look and I wasn't part of like, like support systems that were talking about it and maybe people thought that's what was going on with me but nobody was really letting me know and I didn't necessarily feel like I wanted to claim it because there wasn't a lot of conversation and this is only a couple of years ago. Um, I'll do another episode where I kind of like go into it more. And if you are um, experiencing this, definitely reach out to Lisa. You can also reach out to me. I'm happy to share my experience because now I can look at it like I was drowning and I didn't even realize that the boat had tipped. I thought we were doing fine. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it's like I wasn't managing that mother child line with my older child and I wasn't moving through. Like I was just kind of like, ah, like let's just relax. Like we've got two child, two children, we're in our dream house, we're just kind of doing our thing. And I think it was almost like that stagnant energy that wasn't moving through my chakras. And I kind of went into some unhealthy, like, I'll just go back to playing women's rugby two months postpartum with my second baby. Like I played all through college. I was like, what am I doing? And then I finally had to be like, Autumn, you need to work with your spiritual gifts. Like you're a grown up and you're a mother grow up. <laughs> um, probably seeking that sense of power in your body, right? Like that was your way yeah. of seeking it. And sometime you needed a break from the kids and you were seeking power. So that seemed, that's the energy you were seeking, but there was maybe more healthy ways to go about it. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many healthy ways. I finally started doing yoga and I was like, wait, there's actually a pose where we just lay on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I actually, this is a funny story. I actually, the only class in college I ever failed was yoga. Oh, that's I funny. don't know how, because I like, I hurt my foot doing um, rugby. And then I just was like, this is like a gym class credit. Like I don't actually have to go. And then they failed me. And I was like, are you kidding? How do you fail yoga? I could have literally come and just laid on the ground and passed. And they're like, yeah, yeah. The point. 
get in the room. And now I'm like, oh, right. The wisdom of just being in the room. Got it, yeah. got it. But that's, that's funny. I forgot that I uh, failed. So now <laughs> so you see life's a spiral. You always get called back, right? So you always get called back to what you didn't address in the past. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, the irony of like, I failed the class because I didn't want to go lay on the ground and just be yeah. alone with my thoughts. Like that is crazy. Um, only class I ever failed. Not unusual. And I think I got it expunged. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true, yeah. true, true. Okay, and so then the menopause. Uh, my the favorite, yeah, because I'm 53, so I have been through perimenopause and menopause. So um, recent, you know, fairly recently. Mm-hmm. This is a very powerful time. It's so fascinating because you're also an astrologer. I don't know how much you work with the Uranus opposition that occurs in our early 40s, right? I'm, you guys, I'm not an astrologer. I'm just super into moon. Oh, like, I, a lot of times, yeah, people are like, you're an astrologer. Tell me. I'm like, I actually know nothing beyond like the signs and the zodiac signs that correspond with the moons oh. and like how we can use those. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm into moons. And then someone's like, oh, you're a moon goddess. <laughs> well, maybe you're being called to it. But- no, it's interesting. Maybe, yeah. there's, a book, there's a book called Liquid Light of Sex, which is very interesting. It doesn't really have to do with sex, but liquid light of sex is a phrase to describe the kundalini, which is the spiritual energy or the energy of change that moves through our chakras. There's different energies that move through our chakras. And in our 40s, and this is for both men and women, it's tied to the midlife crisis, we experience surges of kundalini. And for women, this is really coming from their second chakra, as our cycle becomes irregular, which can occur for up to 10 years before your cycle stops. If someone is not, if a woman is not on the pill, you can be irregular and having symptoms on and off for up to 10 years. And we're usually just taught, oh gosh, you know, medicate that, that's, that's awful. And there's no problem with, with using hormonal treatments or medications mm-hmm. or doctor supervision. But from an energetic perspective, it's this huge opportunity. Those surges, they, kind of surge directly into blocked karmas, meaning things, aspects of ourselves that we have not yet faced at that point in our life linked to uh, ways we are limiting ourselves or not expressing our power. So if we lean into exploring those, healing those, really looking at our lives, honestly, what's working and not, not working, it's this profound opportunity to be rebirthed as a goddess. What happens is, your identification as your cycle stops, there's a loosening of your identification with your physical body in a positive way that allows you to link more deeply to your energy body, right? And Mm -hmm. if you approach it that way, instead of, oh, it's the decline of my physical and approach it instead of, oh, now I'm identifying even more with my chakras, with my energy system. Now my connection to that is even deeper. It's a time when many gifts come forth, artistic gifts, intuitive gifts, and I've just witnessed so many women who had a rebirth at this time in their life uh, on many different levels because they worked with it that way. So for anyone out there in this phase, it can be difficult and challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can see this spiritual and energetic potential in it, it's an incredible turning point in your life. Such a, I, I, um, I love that we're talking about menopause. And I wish that there was more of a conversation around this when I was younger. Like, I, like, you didn't talk about it when we were younger. And I'm only in my 30s. Like, I'm in my mid-30s now. And it just wasn't a conversation. And I think that the fact that women's fertility and has always just been the change. And it's like, just put it over here. And I think that normalizing this conversation and having more women step out in, the menop- in, a, in that phase of their life and highlight the benefits of it. It's like, and I have heard a lot of women say like, I feel free. I'm not, I don't have to worry about getting pregnant. I don't have to worry about, you know, I can have as much sex as I want. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, but like that is, that's my own social conditioning around the fact that like once a woman reaches a certain age, it's like she becomes undesirable because she's no longer fertile and she's going through these changes and it's the opposite. And I feel like as a society, especially Western society, this is, it's imperative that we talk about it not so much for my generation. Like we, we missed that boat. And now we're kind of walking in that chapter with our mothers, maybe our grandmothers. And we're like, Oh, so you guys are talking about menopause now. Okay, cool. Maybe I don't have to worry so much about reaching that stage of my life and being scared of it anymore. I can start welcoming it, but it's going to be like the girls, my daughter's age and the boys, my dad, like their age, like younger generations that can see that women can move through many phases in their life. And it doesn't have to be undesirable. And I do think like 
pregnancy is kind of having that moment now. We see a lot of celebrities having children and, you know, just people in the women in the workforce having, so like pregnancy is no longer just in houses where like women are at home having their pregnancies in private. Maybe they go to the store or whatever, but now the phase of pregnancy is, is I think more visible and celebrated in our, in Western society. We have maternity shoots and we have, you know, like a lot of baby culture. But I think that it is time that we put a lot of, we put the focus, we put the spotlight on menopause because that is where our daughters, that is where our sons, that is where future generations will look and say like, oh, mom's still hot. But like, see, like that's my programming. It's like, it, a woman never loses that, you know, it's like still always like, and so I think that's, um, that's a call to action to any women who are maybe in this phase of life or any women who are looking for more information about, and men, men yeah. <laughs> and non-binary people, this is yeah. everyone. What's so interesting about that is you're right. We have, I'm having an aha moment. We have all these celebrities now in their fifties that are coming out looking great. And the, the whole, and that's, that's great. But the whole approach to it in the media is, oh, wow, look, you can still look great in your fifties. And it would be so wonderful to have those women say, oh yeah, it's not about that. This is what I went through. This is what I learned about myself during this transit. This is how I feel more powerful. This is how I've owned my voice. This is the changes I made in my life to be more in alignment with who I really am. Because that's what that transit is really about, right? For example, yeah. I mean, this book was essentially birthed during my perimenopause phase, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that was a big part of it for myself. Yeah. I also think that um, like the more women, like women's sexuality and women's um, like reproduction um, and longevity is normalized. I also feel like that is, you know, like we said at the top of the hour, it's men's liberation, it's non-binary individuals' liberation, it's transgender, because we start appreciating beauty in all of its phases of life and not just in one very hyper-focused time of life where it's like, oh, you've peaked, you're done, get out of here. So I think that this, yeah, like we were saying, like women's empowerment is all gender liberation because it invites witnessing our stages as beautiful, all of them, and all of our forms as beautiful because they are. Um, We're like at the top of the hour, but there was a couple more things I wanted to talk about. Um, You do have a free giveaway, which is a free video teaching on integrating the feminine and masculine energies through a guided chakra exercise. I really highly suggest you guys talk it out. Um, Lisa talks about limited gender conditioning and how it's tied to, you know, femininity and masculinity and how that creates a binary approach to life. Um, So this uh, meditation can really help you like identify the the non-binary approach to um, to gender. And you're talking about like the male chakra systems, how it's rooted in the first, fifth, and seventh, and then how women's chakra systems are, are grounded in the second, fourth, and sixth. Definitely check that out. Oh, and you do this really cool, definitely go and check it out, but you do this really cool infinity. Well, that's the like, pathway. So that piece of it is in the book. Uh, and then in the free gift, I'm adding the masculine side too. And yeah, you- I think you have, Yeah, you have them both. It's really cool. Definitely go check it out. Um, Okay, the last thing I wanted to say is we can use our chakras to manifest. And in like an encapsulation, how would you suggest, um, because I do talk about sex magic, and I don't know that I've talked about it on any of my podcast episodes, but I've definitely talked about it in our rituals. Um, We have like a whole sex magic uh, ritual where we, you know, get in touch with those, that creativity and those urges, and we use the moment of climax as a time to manifest. Is there anything that you can speak to with like the chakras? Maybe it doesn't have to be sex magic, but like how could we manifest using our chakras? Yeah. Well, the upward path of the chakras is often considered the spiritual path, moving the energy up. Mm -hmm. The downward path is the path of birthing, right? Something starts as an inspiration or a vision in our upper chakras, and then we have to move through all these phases. So I'll just quickly run through them because you can use the chakras to focus in on where am I getting blocked, right? So the third eye is vision, being able to really see and imagine what it is that you want, right? The throat chakra is you're being able to speak about it with others, which some people get really blocked there. They know what they want. They never speak it. They never put it out in the world, right? The heart is being able to attract the support network, the people that you need to help you make it manifest. That could be anything from funding to business partners or just a partner in your life, right? Depending on what you're trying to manifest. The third chakra is the tasks. This is the get organized, make the plan, work through it, push through obstacles, get it done, actually take action, don't just dream, right? So some people get very blocked there. Sacral chakra is that creative spark. I love it, sex magic. Yeah, it's, it's the flow also. When obstacles arise, 
to not see it as, oh, I'm supposed to stop, see it instead of, oh, okay, how do I adapt? What is this message telling me about how I'm supposed to adapt my vision? How do I work with this? It's keeping the inspiration alive through obstacles and keeping that birth energy going. And then the root chakra is you've made it happen. Something new exists in the world or in your life and you made it happen by moving through all of these steps. So uh, rainbow abundance, the last tool in the book is something you can use for that manifesting, that manifesting if you want. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And then before we wrap this up, the last thing I wanted to do was read the first thing in your book, <laughs> which is the foreword. <laughs> um, this is the foreword by Cindy Dale. And I just think it speaks to why maybe this book will become your chakra Bible. Like it's going to become mine and kind of have a permanent place on my bedside table. Mm -hmm. um, so here it is. So Lisa shares that all women, no matter how they identify in terms of sexuality, are like the lotus, a flower epitomizing the second shape, the second chakra. The lotus flower is the sacred flower of India, and the petals bloom upward on long stalks that rise out of muddy water. Representing purity, the lotus is able to detach from the murky desires that pull us down and enable service to higher forms of love. Each blossom opens to the stream of the sun, the moon, and the stars, receiving droplets of heaven with which we can remake the earth not biased or sexist to insist upon the need for a feminine oriented energy system and set of applications. It's a necessity. It is women whom society has stripped of their originality, their self-esteem and safety. It is women who bring future women and men into this world and whose ability to spin peace out of cruelty is now required to save the very world that has demeaned them. It matters not if a woman has given birth to a third dimensional child, the power of the womb gives all women the gift of creation. Oh, sorry, guys, it's hard for me. The words you're going to read in this book will, they will get you. <laughs> Long overdue are the sacred understandings and exercises featured in Lisa's book. After all, for thousands of years, women have been disempowered and disenfranchised. During much of that time, women were considered the property of men to be used as seen fit. Little wonder that the templates for the energetic systems forget the women. Equally disturbing, in many places, women are still considered economic and political commodities. Their powers repressed, their achievements unrecognized. Unfortunately, when the God in the mirror, mirror has a male face to protest rape, violation, or harassment is to try to move forward against a headwind. These factors make it all more important to repair and renew the subtle systems. Uh, I use the word repair on purpose. As the words of a Belizean shaman suggest, our ancestors most likely perceived that the feminine and masculine are equivalent revelations of the divine, emanations of a creator that reflects both sets of qualities. Within a balanced presentation, all children are guaranteed care, no matter their gender or sexual preference, for all genders are respected. When the differences and similarities are recognized, the uniqueness of every individual can be cultivated. It is now past time to resurrect what we know innately to be true. And we turn to Lisa's book to accomplish that feat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm sorry I got choked up. But when I read that, that's the, that's the foreword. And I was like, oh, yes, that's what we're talking about. And I, ha I live in rural Africa and I just was um, talking to someone who works um, in aid work, uh, well, literally um, HIV and AIDS prevention uh, work. And where I happen to live, 40% of women don't actually have, they don't understand the concept of consent. So it's not even a matter of like, yes or no, I want to, I don't want to. There is no cultural understanding of consent. And she told me that at the beginning of the week. I was like, what? And then I began going through to get this interview ready. And this is a call to action to anyone who is in a position to speak on women's empowerment issues and um, gender equality issues to, to, do, to do so. Because when we have the opportunity, we need to use it. Um, because there are people all over the world, even like if outside of our country, outside of the Western world, who look to us and look to to how we use our voices in this space. So thank you for your book, Lisa. This has been amazing. Well, thank you for, and, having me, for sharing that quote. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love to have you back on some other time and talk about manifesting and like, you know, yeah. get into the fun, juicy stuff. But this is, yeah. this is the conversation that needs to happen first. You know, with all the, the fluff and manifestation and love and light, like it can be a little bit too, too high in the sky and we have to bring it down and do the healing that's necessary to invite those changes that, you know, all that. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow Golden Otter Divinations on Instagram where you can check in with me and let me know about your golden moments from spirit so that I can cheer you on. Also, if you'd like to contact me or join my manifesting membership, Lunar Manifestations, visit my website, goldenotter.us. That's golden, like the precious metal, and otter, like the precious animal, .us. 
While you're there, please take a second to sign up for some inbox gold to stay up to date on all things gold and honor. So I want to thank my guest today, Lisa Erickson, for sharing how we can explore our chakra systems <laughs> that are unique to women, men, and non-binary individuals. And I want to thank you all for tuning into Gold Honor Donations. I had an amazing time sharing this sacred co-creation space with you. Have a great week, and I'll see you in positive vibes back here next time. Bye. Bye, Bye Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for your work in the world, Autumn. All right, Lightworker, thank you so much for tuning into Golden Otter Divinations. For more tools to uplevel your metaphysical game, get your questions answered, and connect with me live at the next new or full moon, please consider joining my Lunar Manifestations co-creation tribe now by heading to the link in the show notes. It's www.goldenotterdivination.com forward slash join now. You can also get a digital copy of any rituals we discussed by clicking the link in the show notes or heading to the Golden Otter Divinations YouTube channel where I share practical ways to incorporate these metaphysical tips and tools to your everyday life. You can also message me on Instagram for more info. Lastly, if this moon thing's not for you, but you want to connect with me in real time, you can schedule a private one-to-one validation session by heading to the book now link in the show notes. It's always my honor co-creating with you in this sacred space. With love and light, Autumn.